Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. I'm Bob, and I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster, a quarterly put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church, Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter is conscience, and to speak on it, we read the words of John Flavel, who lived from 1630 to 1691, was an English Presbyterian and minister, born, of course, in England, UK. <clears throat> A Damned Conscience is the title of his article. The spirit of man is a most tender, sensible, and apprehensive creature. The eye of the body is not so sensible of a touch. A, a nerve of the body is not so sensible when pricked as the spirit of man is by the least touch of God's indignation upon it. A wounded spirit who can bear? Other external wounds upon the body inflicted either by man or God are tolerable, but that which immediately touches the spirit of man is insufferable. Who can bear or endure it? And as the spirit of man hath the most delicate and exquisite sense of misery, so it hath a vast capacity to receive and let in the fullness of anguish and misery into it. It is a large vessel, called a vessel of wrath, fitted to destruction. The large capacity of the soul is seen in this. It is not in the power of all the creatures in the world to satisfy and fill it. It can drink up, as we say, all the rivers of created good, and its thirst is not quenched by such a draught. But after all it cries, Give, give. Nothing but an infinite God can quiet and satisfy its appetite and raging thirst. And as it is capable and receptive of more good than is found in all creatures, so it is capable of more misery and anguish than all the creatures can inflict upon it. Let all the elements, all men on earth, yea, all the devils and damned in hell, conspire and unite in a design to torment man, yet when they have done all, his spirit is capable of a farther degree of torment, a torment as much beyond it as a rack is beyond a hard bed. Now, a rack was the instrument of torture, consisting of a frame on which a victim was stretched by turning rollers to which the wrists and ankles were tied. A rack being compared to a hard bed is quite the comparison. Or the sword in his bowels is beyond the scratch of a pin. The devils indeed are the executioners and tormentors of the damned. But if that were all they were capable to suffer, the torment of the damned would be comparatively mild and gentle to what they are. Oh, the largeness of the understanding of man! What will it not take into its vast capacity? But add to this <clears throat> that the damned souls have all those affections laid in a deep and everlasting sleep, the exercises whereof would be relieving by emptying their souls of any part of their misery, and all those passions thoroughly and everlastingly awakened, which increase their torments. The affections of joy, delight, and hope are benumbed in them, and laid fast asleep, never to be awakened into act any more. In Scripture their hope is said to perish, that is, it so perishes that after death it shall never exert another 
act to all eternity. The activity of any of those affections would be like a cooling gale or a refreshing spring amidst their torments. And as these affections are laid asleep, so their passions are roused and thoroughly awakened to torment them, so awakened as never to sleep any more. The souls of men are sometimes jogged, that is, shaken, and startled in this world by the works or rods of God, but presently they sleep again and forget all. But hereafter, the eyes of their souls will be continually held waking to behold and consider their misery. Their understandings will be clear and most apprehensive, their thoughts fixed and determined, their consciences active and efficacious, that is, producing the intended effect. And by all this, their capacity to take in the fullest of their misery will be enlarged to the uttermost. The wrath, indignation, and revenge of God poured out as the just reward of sin upon the capacious souls of the damned are the principal part of their misery in hell. The souls of the damned can hold more misery than all the creatures can inflict upon them. When the soul suffers from the hand of man, its sufferings are either by way of sympathy with the body, or if immediately or directly, yet it is but a, a light stroke the hand of a creature can give. But when it hath to do with a sin-revenging God, and that immediately this stroke cuts off the spirit of man, as it is expressed. The body is the clothing of the soul. Most of the arrows shot at the soul in this world do but stick in the clothes, that is, they reach the outward man. But in hell, the spirit of man is the white, that is, the bullseye, at which God himself shoots. All his envenomed or poisoned arrows strike the soul, which is after death laid bare and naked to be wounded by his hand. At death the soul of every wicked man immediately falls into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, as the apostle speaks. Their punishment is from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. They are not put over to their fellow creatures to be punished, but God will do it himself and glorify his power as well as his justice in their punishment. The wrath of God lies immediately upon their spirits, and this is the fiery indignation which devoureth their adversaries, a fire that licks up the very spirit of man, who knoweth the power of his anger. How insupportable it is, you may a little guess, by that expression of the prophet Nahum, the mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yes, the world, and all that dwell therein, who can stand before his indignation, and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. And as if anger and wrath were not words of a sufficient edge and sharpness, it is called fiery indignation and vengeance, words denoting the most intense degree of divine wrath. For indeed, his power is to be glorified in the destruction of his enemies, and therefore now he will do it to purpose. 
He takes them now into his own hands. No creature can come at the soul immediately. That is God's prerogative. And now he hath to deal with it in fury. And revenge is poured out. Can thine heart endure, or can thine hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with thee? Ezekiel twenty-two fourteen. Alas, the spirit quails and dies under it. This is the hell of hells. What doleful cries and lamentings have we heard from God's dearest children when but some few drops of his anger have been sprinkled upon their souls here in this world. But alas, there is no comparison betwixt the anger or fatherly discipline of God over the spirits of his children and the indignation poured out from the beginning of revenges upon his enemies. The separate spirit of a damned man becomes a tormentor to itself by the various and efficacious actings of its own conscience, which are a special part of its torment in the other world. Conscience, which should have been the sinner's curb on earth, becomes the whip that must lash his soul in hell. Neither is there any faculty or power belonging to the soul of man so fit and able to do it as his own conscience. That which was the seat and center of all guilt now becomes the seat and center of all torments. The suspension of its tormenting power in this world is a mystery and wonder to all that duly consider it. For certainly, should the Lord let a sinner's conscience fly upon him with rage amid his sins and pleasures, it would put him into a hell upon earth, as we see in the doleful instances of Judas and so on. But generally, he keeps a hand of restraint upon them in this life and suffers them to sleep quietly by a grumbling or seared conscience which couches by them as a sleepy lion and lets them alone. But no sooner is the Christless soul turned out of the body and cast into hell for eternity at the bar of God, but conscience is roused and put into a rage never to be appeased any more. It now racks and tortures the miserable soul with its utmost efficacy and activity. The mere forebodings of wrath by the conscience of sinners in this world, have made them lie with a ghastly paleness in their faces, universal trembling in all their members, a cold sweating horror upon their panting bosoms like men already in hell. But this, all this, is but as the sweating of the stones before the great rain falls. The activities of conscience, especially in hell, are various, vigorous, and dreadful to consider. Such are its Recognitions, accusations, condemnations, upbraidings, shamings, and fearful expectations. The consciences of the damned will recognize and bring back the sins committed in this world fresh to their mind. For what is conscience but a register or a book of records? wherein every sin is ranked in its proper place and order. This act of conscience is fundamental to all in its other acts. Uh, it cannot accuse, condemn, upbraid, or shame us for what it hath lost out of its memory and hath no sense of. Son, remember, said Abraham to Dives, amid his torments, this 
remembrance of sins past, mercies past, opportunities past, but especially of hope past and gone with them, and never to be recovered any more, is like that fire not blown of which Zophar speaks, which consumes him, or the glittering sword coming out of his gall. It chargeth and accuseth the damned soul, the conscience does. Its charges are home, positive and self-evident charges. A thousand legal and unexceptionable witnesses cannot confirm any point more than one witness in a man's bosom can do. It convicts and stops their mouths, leaving them without any excuse or apology. Just and righteous are the judgments of God upon thee, saith conscience. In all this ocean of misery, there is not one drop of injury or wrong. The judgment of God is according to truth. And then it condemns, conscience does, as well as chargeth and witnesseth, and that with a dreadful sentence. Backing and approving the sentence and judgment of God, every self-destroyer will be a self-condemner. This is a prime part of their misery. The upbraidings of conscience also in hell are terrible and insufferable things. If we do not repent, we will be continually hit in the teeth and twitted with our madness, willfulness, and obstinacy as the cause of all that eternal misery that we have pulled down upon our own heads. What is it but the rubbing of the wound with salt and vinegar? Of this torment, holy Job was afraid, and therefore resolved what in him lay to prevent it, when he saith, My heart, that is conscience, shall not reproach me so long as I live. Oh, the twits and taunts, that is, the condemnations and rebukes and reproaches of discovered actions. Uh, the twits and taunts of conscience are cruel cuts and lashes to the soul. And then the shamings of conscience are insufferable torments. Shame ariseth from the turpitude of discovered actions. If some men's secret filthinesses were but published in this world, it would confound them. What then will it be when all shall lie open as it will after this life, and their own consciences shall cast the shame of all upon them? They shall not only be derided by God, laughed at, scorned, but by their own consciences, not just by God, but by their own consciences. That article is from the whole works of the Reverend John Flavel. It's in the public domain, volume three. Well, that was John Flavel in the Free Grace Broadcaster. To have this free periodical sent to you every three months, just send an email to chapel at mountzion.org. That's chapel at mountzion.org. Thank you for listening. Do please look around the site. We have hundreds of audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea and English and Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. If you want more fellowship than that, please consider visiting my YouTube channel known as Pastorlands, buying one of my books at Amazon.com, or contacting me at bob.j.faulkner.72 
at gmail.com, and I'll tell you all about our Zoom meetings. Thank you so much for being here today, and this is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on September 21, 2022, and Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.